Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Broadcasting from the heart of the I Work For Him nation to Christ followers working in cities doing all kinds of jobs all over the United States. You've tuned into the voice of the faith and work movement. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. That's right, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And whether you are on a conventional radio or you're streaming on our website or you're listening to us later in a podcast, we are so grateful that you are here with us. Remember that, um, you know, I always like to remind people that, Jim, if they don't have a conventional radio. What exactly is a conventional radio? I know that when we, this is kind of a funny story, actually, when we first went on the air and there were times when I was not in the studio with you, I actually had to buy a radio to have in the house so that I could listen to the show because I wanted to get it organic. You know, I'm like, I want to hear what it hears like on the radio. So I don't know what conventional radio is, well, there but is a actually, thing. There's actually a dial on your in your car that you could turn on to catch radio. You can catch it at home, but all the time, 24 hours a day, you can listen to I Work For Him online iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Martha, we have lots of ways for people to connect with us. Give them one way to connect with us today. Okay, today let's pick Instagram. So that is a way. We should really get me on Instagram sometime soon. Uh, No, I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) I think we'll just leave it the way it is. But they can go to Instagram and um, I work for him radio. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard Martha discipline me live on the radio. No, I just gently redirected. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we're going to do today, Jim. Instagram, (laughs) I work for him. That's I work, the number four, him. All right. This broadcast made possible by a partnership between us and the Pocket Testament League and the esteemed, the super famous Molly Yoder from the Pocket Testament League. The Pocket Testament League makes it easy for you and me to get the Word of God into the hands of coworkers, employees, neighbors, and friends. Check them out online, ptl.org. Molly Yoder, you brought us here to Lynchburg, Virginia to meet a man today. Tell us, who, who do you got and what are you expecting? Oh, I'm so excited today. We are going to be meeting and chatting with Mike Cook. He is uh, the founder of Strategic Doers. Uh, he's a Jesus follower and we got connected. He's got a partner gospel with the Pocket Testament League that he's using we to spread those, those partner yes, gospels. Yes, yes. So he's going to use that to spread the word about uh, the work that God's put in front of him. He's a third generation business guy here out of Lynchburg, Virginia and just has a really cool God story and gets the I Work For Him nation and gets our work is our ministry. So you're going to have a blast talking with Mike today. All right. So when we come back, Mike Cook, Strategic Doers, is going to be our guest. So you don't want to miss that. In the meantime, go out to iWorkForHim.com. Make sure you get signed up for our weekly newsletter, weekly blog that also contains the links to our last five shows. That would be a great thing to do, iWorkForHim.com. We'll be right back. From the heart of Lynchburg, Virginia, you're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, hey, hey, wait a minute. Have you ever prepared yourself for your daily workplace missions trip? January of 2020, we invite you to join Martha and I on our very first I Work For Him marketplace missions trip. The trip takes place in your workplace the last two weeks of January. Here to tell us more is Mike Henry from Follower of One. 
Hey, Mike, big week this week. Today is day one of our Marketplace Missions trip, a trip focused on entering our workplace with the intentionality we would for any short-term missions trip. What should we be focusing on today, Mike Henry? Hey, Jim, this is, this is Action Week. We begin this week by remembering we're here at work for a godly purpose. Our jobs are more than an opportunity to just make enough money and pay our bills. Jesus sent us here. In the Great Commission, we're told to go and make disciples. The word translated go can also be translated as you go. So today, as you go into your workplace, let's remember that we're here for Jesus to do what he wants, and he will put us to work in the lives of others. Listeners can learn more about the next mission trip and sign up by going to iworkforhim.com forward slash events. Thanks, Mike. To join us on our I Work For Him Marketplace missions trip to your workplace, Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash events. That's iworkforhim.com forward slash events. Start 2020 with a missionary-focused, ministry-driven attitude in your workplace. iworkforhim.com forward slash events. Hey, welcome back to iWorkRooms. We broadcast to you from Lynchburg, Virginia, courtesy of Molly Yoder in the Pocket Testament League, ptl.org. To do or not to do? That's the battle of every Monday morning. Or is it that every morning? So often we just grin and bear going to work, doing our work, commuting in our work, that we miss all that God has put in front of us. The people, the opportunities to shine, the opportunities to learn. Along comes the idea that we should be strategic doers. Imagine if everything you did, from waking up in the morning to going to bed at night and everything along the way, imagine if all of it was done strategically. Imagine if every Christ follower who owned a business worked with that high level of intentionality and became a strategic doer for the kingdom. Today we're going to talk with Mike Cook from Strategic Doers to talk about living just that kind of life. Mike Cook, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Great to be with you. Strategic Doers. Where did that name come from? (laughs) Well, um, in my business life, I worked uh, for a little while as a salesperson for Nextel, the old walkie-talkie phones. I don't know yes. if you remember those back in 2000 in the early mm-hmm. days. They had great commercials. They did, yes. And one of their, <laughs> one of their great marketing things, um, our target client was a business owner who wants to get things done. And so they called us doers. Even on my business card, it said, Mike Cook, doer. And we were trying to get other people to become doers. And uh, we... And with the Blackberries and before the smartphones and all that, email on your phone and text and all that stuff in the early days, I think we've created a monster, and that's another topic for another day, of course, uh, now. but uh, We just put things in place that the Antichrist needs in order to take over the world, and we need him to come so that Jesus come back. Yeah, so so it's be, still okay. be careful with your smartphones. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, anyhow, uh, that concept of being a doer stuck with me, and uh, later on, as I was seeking to use my faith in the marketplace, in the business world, um, and really worrying about um, two big challenges that uh, business owners have. Uh, One is just how do I get it all done? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a challenge that no matter what the business, no matter where you are, uh, what you're doing, there's always that challenge. There's never enough time to get it all done. Um, You know, I never have my kids never say, you know, we've played enough. Why don't you go get some work done, Dad? You know, something like that. So <laughs> there's always, there's just always just too much to do. And it's the challenge I hear from no matter what business owners I work with is 
time management and balance and, and those kind of things. Well, and neither of which are really, it's impossible to manage time. Time yes. does what it's going to do, whether we want it to do it or not. That's right. And mm-hmm. it's impossible to live in a balanced life. That's correct. Yes. Because it can't be done. I mean, our, our, our wheel is always going to have a flat side. Yes. Uh, balance also implies that uh, all things are equal. And even though we spend <laughs> a lot more time doing work, um, it's not equal. There's a lot of the important things that we don't spend as much time uh, in a day doing. So, um, the concept of being strategic about what we do, um, not just working in your business, but working on your business. And so as I became a business coach, starting to really wrestle with those concepts and working with uh, business owners, that's where the strategic kind of uh, came from is we must be strategic about what it is that we're doing. The strategic is the compass, the working mm-hmm. on, and the doer is the working in. Um, most of the business owners I work with, small business uh, owners, 10 or less employees, they don't have the luxury of having the big staff to just let them sit right. and think all day. They have to wear all the hats. I've never, met, to... I've never met a business owner that just sat and thought all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and You have to have several hundred employees before you can get to that point. Right? I, I don't know. If I met a Jesus follower that all they did was sit and think all day long, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably yeah. have a problem with it. All right, so step back for me for a minute, Mike Cook. Mm-hmm. At what point in time in your life did you realize that God loved business and created you as a business owner, and that your work in business was just as important to him as that of a pastor or a missionary. Okay. Um, my family grew up, uh, well, I grew up in my family. Uh, we did uh, restaurant business, uh, fast food. Uh, we had, <laughs> That's rough. had Arby's franchises in oh. the area here. Wow. And uh, in uh, 1999, my grandfather was ready to retire, and he was ready to hand over the restaurants to my dad. Um, but my dad, at the same time, was receiving a call to missions. And so he chose to sell the restaurants and we invested in rental properties instead because that allowed him to be a self-supported missionary. That changed my path as well because I was planning to be the third generation guy to run the restaurants and, mm-hmm. and do all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so my uh, my parents now are supported missionaries with rental properties and that also, we went into that business. I helped them manage them for a while. But uh, the Lord's been working, had been working on me uh, even through all that to reach people in the business world. You know, my mission field, as you've heard, the 1040 window, that's where my parents work in the, you know, the areas where they're the least reached people groups. My mission field is what Odd Salman calls the nine to five window. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to reach people in the marketplace. Uh, so we've yet to identify anywhere that's nine to five, but I, we get the point. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, theories. Yeah. There. The only person that really got a, had a nine to five job was Dolly Parton. <laughs> Everybody else works eight thirty to five, there or eight go. to five, or eight to ten, or whatever. Well, maybe kind of goes back to that smartphone conversation again. It's possible. To well, work just remember, you. computers were going to save time. We were going to work less hours because of sure, computers. Sure. We're going to go down to thirty hours a week. We won't even have to work full time, and we'll get the work done. Absolutely. Okay, get off that soapbox. Yeah. Oh my gosh! How's do you remember when they first? told you that? Yeah. I mean, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember. Like, okay. What are we going to do with all our time? With, well, yeah, and we're going to not have work. It's incredible. Okay, so. You brought us here to Lynchburg, Virginia. The Lord's laid on your heart. So you're strategic. You're target. So yes. you're not. You work alongside. I mean, there's a lot of national ministries. Convene and C12, Truth at Work. Mm-hmm. They're all chasing after business owners, Christian business owners that are ten plus employees, couple million plus in revenue. Your target is what? My target is the small uh, business owner um, because we've got to fix that long before they can ever get to being that big business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the issues, a lot of the Things that we learn the hard way come in the in the small business uh, when we're having to wear many hats and we're having to learn: Am I a visionary thinking guy or am I a doer? Am I a you know details person and all that? And then that's how I decide which one I need to hire and where I need to fill the gaps in the in the organization. So um, I think it's 
getting this information, getting this idea of my business is a platform for ministry is something that needs to be learned way early on mm. in business, not not after you're already way out there. And Such a good point. But where are people learning that? Sorry, Martha, I know you had a question. Uh-huh. But like, people aren't. I mean, do you guys have churches around here that actually teach that stuff? Unfortunately, not much. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason we're capturing a lot of these business people in their 30s, late 30s, early 40s, 50s, and and shifting that paradigm to help them understand it is because they had never heard it before. But I was one of those guys. I didn't ever hear this until I was 40 years old, 20 years in a business. It was when I finally heard, my work matters to God. What? You've got to be kidding me. How, I mean, so you were how old when you finally got that realization? Uh, my early, uh, mid-20s, early 30s, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, well, mid twenty, early 30s. You know, that's a big range, by the way. Yeah. Mid-20s, early 30s. But that's a, that's a fantastic paradigm shift to have done that early in life. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, in getting out of the restaurant business and, and helped my dad make that decision aside from the call to missions was, you know, we saw what corporate America was doing to families, doing to, you know, people they'd been in business with. They knew through the business for the previous 30 years, we'd meet them and, you know, they would introduce their second wife or their, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what was happening. And, and um, you know, it was, it was because of, of priorities out of line. So, yeah. So what do you do when you meet a small business owner mm-hmm. and um, you know that maybe they're a believer, but they haven't yet understood that you know God has given this them this opportunity to have a kingdom-minded um, business? How are you helping them to even start that connection before maybe you even mm-hmm. um, really get to delve into the business? Well, um, the platform is business, and so it starts yep. with a business conversation usually. Okay. Um, you know, something like a simple question of how's business or how do you get it all done or how do you manage time. I have to use those buzzwords even mm-hmm. though we don't believe we manage time, that we only manage ourselves. But we'll have the conversation about time management or balance or whatever those buzzwords. Um, the running theme I typically use in most of my marketing is make a living and have a life. And as soon as I say that, someone says, Oh, that is not possible. So, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit more, and uh, that usually will start the conversation. <laughs> Make a living, have a life. It, it, it seems like you know, since God created the idea of work, that should be possible. Absolutely. Yet in our society today, that seems like those are that's an oxymoron mm-hmm. that it's in, that it is impossible. So, what have you found in Scripture that points the way that that is possible? It's radio. You can't do that silent <laughs> contemplative thought. Yeah. All right, think about that one for a while. Okay. Martha, you had a question you wanted to ask. Well, I just—I mean, you think that that's the biggest thing that Christ followers struggle with in their in their business is just even figuring out how to get a compass or what to do with their business. Well, in the smaller business, especially, it becomes another add-on to mm. to most people. It's like I already got to worry about the family, the kids, and getting to work and the business and paying the bills and all those things. And so that's just one more thing I've got to think about and add on top of, of everything else where um, what I talked with my clients mostly about is what I call an integrated life mm-hmm. uh, where we want to, uh, instead of the word balance, integrate, we want to integrate our faith throughout all aspects of life. And uh, more recently I've gone from calling myself a business coach to a leadership coach or whatever term gets mm-hmm. me in the door to the to the person there. But the main thing is is it's not just about business or it's not just about family. It's not it's about all of those things. Sure. Um especially us guys have a problem with that. We tend to like to compartmentalize and change hats when we change locations, things like that. And you mean that's not 
always possible to do that to change a hat we so so anyway i know that you're you're delving back you're going into sarcastic this. i know i was going no, to but i'm not okay. gonna but but so it is impossible you, for man i mean you can't this segment of life thing comes natural to us yeah i mean it's yeah. compartmentalized that's the way we we're just simple like that we but god <laughs> created us that way on yeah. purpose so that mm-hmm. we could segment war from feeding our families but mm-hmm. yet when it comes to living on our faith it needs to be intricated intricately connected within all of our lives mm-hmm. So give us like one I, one concept or one way that you help people to understand that it for it to be integrated. Well, it usually starts with um, most any coach, business coach, life coach, whatever has the name mm-hmm. coach with it, um, is going to find someone usually in distress, in drama. Mm-hmm. That's uh, unfortunately, especially entrepreneurs, we don't call for help until we're really deep into yeah. it. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not when we're starting. You know, most yeah. of the clients I work with, we're in the manure pit. Yeah. We got three Waving seconds left. Is that what flag. you're saying? Exactly. They've no. been in business for two or three years and they're stuck. And it's not like a job you can just quit. I've invested money in this. I've rented space. Yeah. I've got a lease. I'm stuck. And so help me, mm-hmm. you know, waving the white flag. Yeah. And so my job as a coach or any coach's job is to bring them back to why they started in the first place. What's the mission? You know, what are you, what, what, what are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. And usually that conversation is where I can also ask the question, did you realize that there's more to work than just making money or more to work than just paying the bills or what we call resume virtues, what they're going to say about you at the end of life, things like that. And that allows to, to have the conversation about what truly is your mission who really owns your business? That kind of thing. So then you bring them, if you have those conversations with them, maybe they then become a, um, a client or whatever mm-hmm. you're calling them in your strategic doers group. Mm-hmm. Um, so then what, what do they see the opportunities? What are they seeing as far as, you know, the results of learning about this integration? Well, um, we start them looking at all aspects of life. Um, mm. The integrated life plan that uh, I've been working on basically has um, three aspects. One is self-care, family and community, and stewardship. Right here on the wall. Divided, divided it into those three uh, three things. And there's more details in each one of those. Sure. But uh, it has to start, um, even prior to that, is going to have to start with what's your mission. Kind of going back to that again. Um, you know, what is your, not just your business mission, which mm-hmm. us guys are really good at, but what is your personal mission? What is your family mission? And all those need to kind of integrate with each other. What's then? That's the foundation of an integrated life: mm-hmm. is knowing what your mission is, why you're supposed to do what you do. You can check them out online, Strategic Doers on Facebook, on lots of different ways. Uh, Molly Yoder, you brought us here. What's your question? You want to make sure Mike answers for us today? Yeah, Mike, I'd love for you to tell the listeners about uh, a success story from one of your Strategic Doers, somebody that maybe came in like we were talking about that entrepreneur that's a little bit underwater mm-hmm. and needed some help and, and how did you guys kind of walk beside him and, and okay help there? um can i tell my story <laughs> yes <that>. you can <laughs> because i am the original strategic doer um i must be the guinea pig for this and this is something that i've tried to I, i've refined as i've lived it myself mm-hmm. um and that started really uh, once my wife and I got married, when you, you know, if you want to find out how selfish you are, get married. If you want to really find out how selfish you are, have, have kids. children. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. You know, and you start catching yourself saying those things about my time and my this and my, uh, you know, whatever. And so that's, that's really a lot of what uh, started this concept. I'm just one of those fix-it guys. Um, when I was in restaurant business, when I worked in radio, different things, I was always the guy that they sent to fix things, train people and fix things and all that. And so... To me, this was just no different. 
I'm going to fix this. Um, you know, that work-life balance, that time management, all those things that people say, I'm going to fix it. Let's, let's see what we can do to fix this. So that's when I uh, started creating what is now what we call the integrated life plan and uh, putting these things together, thinking about all different aspects of life and how they can all integrate together. I, I, just, I want to hear it personal, though. Okay. Mike, who was Mike before Strategic Doers and who's Mike afterwards? I mean, if we okay. called your wife, what's your wife's first name? Heather. All right, Heather. We get Heather on the line and we say, Heather, <laughs> how has Mike's realization that he can be a strategic doer, how has that impacted him personally? How has it impacted your marriage? What's she going to tell us? Mm. Wow. Uh, well, I hope she'll be nice. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm, if you're married to her, yeah, she's pretty nice. I'm, I'm sure she will. Yes, yes. Um, well, we've grown together in this, uh, even being married, just the two of us before having kids. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, She works as a nurse practitioner as well, was working full-time, now part-time with the, the kids and all. And so it has been a journey, even for both of us, in having those conversations, different personality styles and things like that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I would say Mike was um, driven, an entrepreneur. Actually, when we, one of the first times we met, I was still in the cell phone business. It was New Year's Eve. I was on the phone at 8 o'clock trying to make the final deal to get my monthly bonus and my yearly bonus. And everybody else was having fun. And I was on the phone five hours from home at the beach talking back to my office in Lynchburg, Virginia, telling my employee who I was making stay till 8 o'clock New Year's Eve, get this done, give them whatever it takes, mm-hmm. give them free, you know, whatever, just make this deal, make this happen, and we're all going to be happy. And that was kind of my, my priority. Wow. Uh, at the time was was business. And so fast forward from that to I wouldn't dare do that, not just because my wife's with me and all, and, but, you know, she reminds me of that often. Mm-hmm. But uh, fast forward to today, that's not a priority. Um, you know, even when I work with business owners on a business plan, uh, it starts with people first, then excellence in operations, and finally stewardship, which is the making money, cash flow, sales, net profit. So give us some something that our listeners can take away today. You know, if they're thinking you, what have you, maybe it's what have you seen people struggling with that you can really say, hey, stop and look at this today, um, just mm-hmm. to give them a little bit of encouragement in where they're at. Sure. Um, probably the biggest thing that business owners struggle with, Christ follower or not, but mm-hmm. especially Christ followers because of that, that extra uh, tension. Number one, the fact there's not t- enough time to get everything done, and then the um, the tension that the that us as, fo- as followers of Christ in the marketplace run into, um, the uh, values, mm-hmm. you know, our values versus the values of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so ethics are like water; they seep back and forth. So we need to make sure that ethics, everything is all together. Oh, wow. Mike Cook, I know we could go on. You're yeah. out of time. You're out of time. <laughs> but you, you did a great job, and we're excited. I can't wait to come back five years from now and see what Strategic Doers and how it's impacted all of Lynchburg, Virginia, and beyond. Mike Cook with Strategic Doers. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Absolutely. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work For Him. him. Hey, welcome back to a bonus edition just for the podcast for i work for him as we were talking with mike cook we get done and i start saving the show i'm like wait a minute we just didn't get enough time with mike cook and so mike you're uh, so this is off the record it's not going to go on the air but it's gonna be out here for all of our podcast listeners to get to listen to this show let's just talk about something you're teaching 
the people that are in your strategic doer groups. You, you said you got a couple of strategic doer groups that are kind of your pilot program groups. Yes. Uh, you're looking to be able to spin this off, find a, find a female leader to do this for female business owners and leaders. But one of the biggest things they're all going to struggle with is time. Absolutely, yeah. And, and not that we can really manipulate time because we can't manipulate time, but time manipulates us often. Mm. It yes. seems like. I mean, God operates outside of time. He said a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. You've got a lesson that you're teaching your people in your strategic doers groups called stewardship of time. Yes. Tell, tell us about that. What are you trying to teach them? What are you trying to get across? Well, as part of the integrated life plan in, in the stewardship section, usually when you hear the word stewardship, it means, you know, to a lot of people building a church. And so we, we explain what stewardship really is. And uh, we talk about money investments. We talk about our business and our service, uh, but time is something we need to be good stewards of. Mm. Uh, we all get, 168 hours a week and time is really like suitcases um, some people are better at packing than others uh, but we all have the same amount of time some are better at, at packing it in depends whether they watch that one show whether packing was the, the yeah uh, oh Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo. <laughs> whether they use the Marie Kondo method okay if they pack with Marie Kondo How you they get fold more it in. all up yes okay. but yeah so the two things I hear from business leaders the most that they have problems with are balance and time management and so we cover the concept that, number one, balance is a myth. Um, the term balance implies that all aspects of life are equal. And for two scales to balance, it has to, to be equal. But when we're talking about you know, our faith, we're talking about uh, other things, time, balance, it, it's not equal. Okay, so if a, but if a, guy's, if a guy's married, he's got a wife telling him, listen, balance is overrated and mm. you're out of balance. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why God gave us wives. If we're guys, true, true. because we're always trying to stretch how much time we can work. And they're just trying to stretch. Hey, you know what? We got married to be together because we were best friends. I'd like to have a little bit of that slice yeah. of your time pie. Sure. Sure. So how are you helping the people in your group to recognize that their work is not their number one priority, that their relationship with God is number one, and then their marriage, if they're married, is number two, and their kids are number three, and then everything else? How, how do you communicate that? I mean, do you have to use a two-by-four or a cement block? What do you do? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of conversations about that. Um, the power of the peer advisory is one person saying, here's what challenge I have, another person saying, Hey, here's what I did to solve that. And, sure. and we share ideas and, and uh, you know, pool our ideas there. Um, but when we have the conversation about uh, balance, you know, it's better to be off balance on purpose, uh, if you will. Um, think of riding a unicycle. You don't want to be balanced. You know what will happen if you actually get completely balanced. You'll fall unicycle. right you'll, over. You'll fall right over, yeah. So, so it's not about balance. Um, and from a biblical perspective, from a, a Christ follower perspective, it's about not managing our time, but yielding our time back to the one who Ooh. gave us our time. Not managing, but yielding. Yes. What's that look like? Uh, it, it, and Martha, you, you let me know you want to jump in here. I'm yeah, excited no, about yep, this. Yeah. I will. It, it looks like starting our day saying, God, thank you for the time you've given me, for another day you've given me, and I'm giving it back to you to do with what you want. You direct me uh, during the day. Doesn't that yielding, though, during the day, because that's something that you could say at the beginning of the day, that's pretty easy to do at the beginning of the day. Usually sure. we're quiet. Sure. We haven't started looking at emails. We're still maybe still sitting in bed because that's the safest place to do that. Once we get going, though, that yielding during mm -hmm. the day, how do you teach strategic doers to yield all day long? That's where the strategic part comes in. 
um, is we have to actually take some breaks and stop and we have to build some margin into our schedule so that it's not just things happening to us all the time. Um, that's the problem I mentioned in the show earlier about the cell phones. You know, it, they were supposed to keep us on top of things and instead they keep things on top of us all the time. And so uh, <laughs> building into your schedule some margin. Um, I heard a pastor recently talk about how he puts 10 minutes between every meeting mm. just so he can stop and pray and say, thank you, God, for those people I met with. Pray for the next ones and just build in that margin. If nothing else, building a margin schedule is if you hit traffic or something like that, you're going to, you know, still you hopefully get there. you stop for coffee like yeah. we might have, right? Well, I appreciate that because I'm a beneficiary of that coffee <laughs> that's, as well. That's so. true. Yeah. So talk about this whole idea when you are, and we're going to kind of give this one away for people so sure. that they kind of see how it works. But in your stewardship of time lesson, mm-hmm. you say that we need to treat time like money. Yes. And you have a brilliant little analogy there. Let's talk about that. <laughs> sure. Um, thinking of just like debt, like like credit card debt. Um, you know, sometimes we treat time that way and you can't, just like you can't rack up more credit card debt and expect mm-hmm. to have a good outcome, mm-hmm. uh, you can't fill your schedule either and expect to have a good outcome. So. That's where being strategic comes in. I'm going to actually read this because it just is brilliant the way you worded it. Trying to pack more things into an already crowded schedule is like racking up more credit card debt instead of learning to cut costs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. You've done a great job of saying, oh, here's something I know what you're talking about. But but, uh, Conveniently enough, Martha stopped at the sentence right before (laughs) the one that applies to her and almost every woman listening to the show right now. (laughs) Okay, do tell. Trying to multitask or maximize efficiency in our schedules ends up costing us in the areas of relationships, stress, and health, and even our reputation. Barely making the deadline, showing up later, relying on our phones, keeping us connected to help us cheat the system will all eventually lead to burnout, missed opportunities, and even regret. Mm-hmm. How so, did the Lord make you so wise? Yeah, I mean, how did you That's figure that amazing. out? Did you screw all that up? Is that how you figured it out or what? I, I have... Inter- you were in the restaurant business. I mean, yes. restaurant tours they've perfected the, the, the goal of killing themselves way earlier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I saw many people in that industry where that happened to and, and just, uh, you know, their lives fell apart because mm-hmm. of that. And, and it was because of, uh, you know, when we talk about we can't manage time, what we can manage is our priorities and our distractions. Uh, and so figuring out what our priorities are and making sure to, to manage those, uh, you know, in the restaurant business, priorities kind of got out of line because the business ends up running the person instead of them running the business. Hmm. Wow. A little bit of conviction going on right here. That's right. How does your wife play into that role in your life? Um, she has to give me some gentle reminders occasionally. Um, I always like to say we never have an argument. We just have some intense moments of fellowship. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but she will remind me occasionally, hey, you know, it's time for date night again. It's been however long. It's been uh, 17 yeah. months since we've had a date night. Right. right. And some, <laughs> let's hope not. Because yeah. I think that's important for, for everybody to listen to is that we, I mean, we all, we all struggle with this priority thing. Mm-hmm. We all do. 
Um, I don't. And it's easy to get off track. And yes. so I think that that's one of the things that like you're bringing to the table with your strategic doers group is accountability. Mm-hmm. Let's check in. Let's see how we're doing. And okay, mm-hmm. we might be a little bit off, but if we recorrect that now, as mm-hmm. opposed to a month from now, right. we might have a whole lot more regrets. And that's the reason for a monthly meeting. And that's the reason for continuously reviewing, continuously mm-hmm. planning, continuously going to accountability. Uh, because otherwise... The average person sets New Year's resolutions, and they quit using their gym membership in March, and then mm-hmm. in March, de- in December, the second week of <laughs> well, January, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe 2020 is my year, yeah. So, uh, and then the end of the year, they have regrets, and so the goal is to look in on this every once in a while to make sure that we don't have another end of the year, and that ends up becoming end of life, yeah. Uh, you know, with no regrets. You never hear a 70 year old man say, I wish I'd spent more time at work. That's right. Molly, you get the last question from Mike Cook from Strategic Doers. So, Mike, listeners, what would you give them as the quick takeaway? Like one thing that they need to implement today from our discussion on stewardship of time? Wow. Uh, so many good things take so many, so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, You're an old time radio guy. You got a clock, buddy. Yeah, that's right. 30 yeah. seconds. Go ahead. <laughs> um, time management is a myth. We cannot manage time. We can only manage ourselves. And so start managing priorities, managing distractions. And I think you'll see a difference. Mm. Hmm. Those words are very powerful. Uh, and good question, Molly. Uh, so as we close out, Mike Cook, Strategic Doers, somebody in this area finds out about you, great, they can get a hold of you. Strategic Doers are right here in the Lynchburg, Virginia area. But what if somebody from around the country is hearing about Strategic Doers for the first time and you're like, I want to reproduce that in my town. Can you help franchise this across the country? I would love to talk and, and help with whoever would like to use How do they website. get a hold of you? Uh, you can visit my website, strategicdoersgroup.com. And uh, the contact information is there. Strategicdoersgroup.com. Strategicdoersgroup.com. Mike Cook, appreciate you giving us this extra little 10-minute bonus for the podcast listeners. Uh, I just uh, hope that you're able to multiply this a 1,000 times over across the country. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me today. And thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him with extra bonus podcast section. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him Nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at IWorkForHim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at IWorkForHim and online IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four, him.com.